0: Michael, I hope you are safe. I haven't heard anything from you since the Wednesday, episode 57, and I look for you to keep me sane, I guess. I'm 55 years old, I live in Pennsylvania. I try calling the Senate numerous times. It would either be busy where it rang and rang and rang and rang on Wednesday. Couldn't get through it all. I would have talked to Toomey or Casey, Toomey preferably, because I hate him. And I'm just terrified. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get unemployment. I'm self-employed. Everybody's telling me I can. can't seem to get through on even the website. Waiting to hear from you. Say that you love me Don't let me slip away Break through illusion And take a leap today Here at the crossroads We're suspended in our minds Waiting and hoping We will not be left behind Cause I...
1: This is Rumble, and I'm Michael Moore. Welcome, everyone. When we last uh, left off on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I begged all of you to please call your senator to uh, have them vote against this bill that they were getting ready to vote on at any minute um, to vote against this giveaway to corporate America under the guise of helping the unemployed trillions of dollars were actually going into the pockets of the rich six hours later at two in the morning on Thursday the Senate voted 96 to zero for the multi-trillion dollar so-called bailout package and it did it did do and is will do a lot to help those who have lost their jobs and they knew that's how to get that's how they could Rob the bank by doing a little bit of good for four months. It covers if you're lost your job, um, whatever the state doesn't give you an unemployment, the federal government will up to about $600 uh, each. I think 600, 600 every pay period or 600 every week, whatever it is. They, um, um, and they knew that would shut everybody up It shut the Democrats up It shut the liberals up. Go ahead and take from us because we need, we need to put food on the table, and we need a roof over our heads. And I say that with not an ounce of sarcasm, because that is that is, what's necessary. Even Bernie voted for it. And, you know, credit, credit to him for, in the days leading up to that, he, leading others, stopped the original Senate bill, which was even a worse giveaway to the wealthy, and provided just a crumb to the people who lost their jobs and he forced the senate and he, and he and he promised he and others and others in the house in the in the aoc and others in the house we're going to raise holy hell if they didn't give a generous unemployment package to those who lost their jobs to help out the small businesses and to um have certain guarantees and assurances in there for the next four months and the rich said well okay so what do we get out of this and they had to go along with being having the american public having the shakedown okay because look what we've given you now four months of unemployment insurance Look at these other other little gifts we've given you here. Every adult gets a $1,200 check if they make under 75000 a year in addition to the unemployment stuff. So, and there were other things too that were helpful. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Just next time, if you're going to hit me right now, just pl- please not, not too hard, okay? Anyway, so I, I went to bed Thursday, ninety-six to zero. It didn't matter how many of us made calls, how many thousands of you, I'm sure, called that Senate switchboard after hearing this podcast. Didn't matter. And the next day on Friday, the House uh, just did a voice vote. They didn't want. They didn't want. Nancy Pelosi didn't want the Democrats to have to have yes beside their names voting for such a thing. Uh, so it was just a, a voice vote. So there's no, there's no, if you want to look up your member of Congress and how they voted on this, uh, you can't, uh, if you're a house member, because it's, uh, it was just a voice vote. Nobody's name attached to it. So there you go. By Friday night, I'm like, well, wow. Now what, what do we do? What do we, what do we do? And what is the point of all this? It's very hard to talk politics during a time like this. I'm in day 21 of my self-imposed quarantine. And uh, I don't want to say that <laughs> I'm going batshit crazy here, but I have not left the apartment. And um, I stepped out once, to be honest. I think I mentioned that last week, but um, that was it. And that was, jeez, how many days ago was that? That was... 16 days ago yeah so i literally haven't haven't been out of this place since and uh, i'm alone um my podcast studio is is in the other bedroom here which is what i'm in it used to be the other bedroom um, now it's the it's the podcast studio 1a we, we haven't given it a name yet um but i've spent i spent the weekend um kind of rethinking reassessing and um, strategizing how best to use this podcast. What else uh, we can possibly be doing in addition to the podcast. Uh, because obviously now is not the time to give up. And um, I said to Basil here, who's you know produces this thing, with me, my longtime uh, friend and, and producer. And he's worked on, since we were back in the Fahrenheit 9-11 days in uh, 2004. Uh, I said, what do you, what do you, what do you think about what we've been doing uh, lately here with the with the podcast? And he said, well, you know, people are already depressed enough. (laughs) Oh, I said, I know this is so dark. It's gotten so, but it is dark. It is dark. And we're, we're in the middle. We're trapped in the middle. I had a, I had a chance to drive back to Michigan just before this you know all hit and i and i i, I mean i know but i had a pretty good idea things were going to go pretty bad um, you know i know i know the name of the person in the white house so you know it doesn't take a lot of math uh, to figure out just how awful it's going to get but i decided not to drive uh, back uh, to michigan i decided to stay here <laughs> everyone my friends and family in michigan are like are you crazy now they're like you are crazy like seeing what's happening here in new york city but I also say to them, you're all you're now number four. You're moving into number three behind New York and New Jersey. You you're you have surpassed Florida, and you are ahead of Louisiana, way ahead of Louisiana, and you are uh, going to surpass California tonight. That's how not together Michigan had it. I mean, um, the Michigan just went into the official uh, stay-at-home thing. You know, closed the businesses down on Friday, just like three days ago. Way too late, way too late. And now Michigan has, Michigan's going to start to look like Italy. And it breaks my heart. You know, people in New York have asked me, why didn't Michigan pay attention to what was happening here in New York? I mean, we we screwed up in New York by not nipping this in the bud sooner, waiting on Trump, waiting on some leadership. You know, of all the places that knows Trump, it's New York City. And they knew that he, he's been a bullshit artist for four or five decades. So... So New York's in a just a god awful situation here, and um, but why didn't Michigan take their cue from this? I said, well, you have to, you know, first of all, Michigan's been battered pretty hard since the early eighties, really late seventies, early eighties. Uh, geez, I remember in 1980, 82, the official the official unemployment rate in Flint was twenty nine percent okay I don't even think we're at that even with this right now it was pretty bad so Michigan is you know you know the whole story and you've heard me tell it for years and you don't need me to be pissing and moaning about it today but you know what I'm saying and so Michigan I'm I wasn't surprised it wasn't wasn't quick on the uptake here and so uh the um and now now tragedy because if you think New York's having a hard time getting this equipment production equipment and the ventilators. Michigan is, is um, I don't know what to say. Already one of the big hospitals is already out of ventilators uh, there. And that was last week. That was the end of last week. So God knows you know where things are at today. The way I've tried to explain it to people in New York, like why didn't Michigan get on top of this after they saw what was happening to New York? What I've said to them is just go to the tape, go to the videotape, of when Joe Biden was in the auto factory in Detroit a few weeks ago before the Michigan primary, um, and one of the auto workers came up to him and said, um, "You're gonna, you're gonna take away our guns." And Biden, you know, you know, you remember the moment. Biden turns to him and just looks at him. He goes, "You're full of shit. I'm not gonna take away your guns. I'm gonna take away your bullets." He's Biden goes. You don't need a hundred bullets in the magazine. Shoot a deer. You don't know what you're talking about, Biden. See, because Biden. Remember now, Biden. Of course, as we know, in somewhat of a decline. Um, I don't say that with any any joy. Uh, I like the guy. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's it's also the beauty of old age. To it's <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy. The look on the guy's face when Biden snaps at him, goes right up in his face, and goes, "You're full of shit." And that guy didn't know what to say. And I just thought, yeah, that's what I should have said in high school to that guy. Because you see, and this is what I explained to New Yorkers, um, all of us in Michigan, we went to school with that guy. We, we know that guy really well. We, we, we've had to suffer that guy from since we were in junior high school, through high school, uh, out in the work world, in the neighborhood. That guy and a few million like him. The ones that gave the state to Trump. So, if you want to know why Michigan didn't get on board and stop and try to contain this, too late now. Um, it's it's think of that guy who stopped Biden uh, to fight with him, and then um, and multiply him by you know a few million. So that's my sad um, answer. You know, I have friends there. I care about the place. I can't say I'm happy to be here I'm seriously I feel like that I'm in the middle of the bubonic plague here I'm like there's like a a leper colony has formed around me and it's in the air and any of us could catch it at any moment now none of that is true it's not a plague bubonic plague was bacteria that went on for like 300 years Um, you know by the way uh, there's about a thousand people a year that die of bubonic plague it hasn't completely gone away this stuff never ever really does except for smallpox, I guess, maybe, I believe has, has been arrested. Um, but the um, plague is still with us. You never hear about it. Uh, we have the medicine and the resources to contain it if something happens. We don't know uh, COVID-19 because we've never seen COVID-19 before, and so it's brand new and we don't know what to do. Well, I thought today in response to what Basil was saying here about the, uh, we've, we've been pretty dark here on the podcast and we've been um, consumed with the um, the triple virus, as I call it, the the actual biological virus of COVID-19, but then the other two viruses, uh, the DJT virus, you know what i mean, okay. I don't have to explain that. Okay. And um, and then the and then the the general societal virus, where we've let the the top one percent take over. And the democracy that we hoped or thought we had has been pretty beaten down. And um and if we ever fix that, if we ever cured that, if we ever had people in office that were true servants of the people, I mean I mean just take anybody just imagine <laughs> just about anybody other than Trump right now would have been a better person to have in the middle of this emergency this is the absolute absolute worst case scenario that, that we're in and how do we survive how do we survive when we're surrounded by this madness people are dying you know we're getting to a, a point here in new york where you will have heard of somebody dying somebody you know or somebody you know down the hall as i told you last week with the the first person in this apartment building die first person in the building. I say the first person, because we know that person won't be the last. And now we've been told, and I hear people talking, um, I don't go outside the door, but they talk in the hallway. My my door is right by the stairway and, and, and the chute where you put the garbage down it. And so, um, people stand out there and they talk and, you know, it seems like there's another dozen people in the apartment building. I've heard as low as six, but even but higher than twelve uh, that have tested positive. Some of them have left. Some of them are probably in the hospital. I mean, I don't, nobody ever. Nobody gets into it. And everyone's afraid. Everybody keeps their doors closed. And um, boy, day twenty-one. I'm on day twenty-one here, and now with Trump admitting that the stay-at-home order is going to have to be extended to the end of april beginning of may so you know if they're saying the beginning of may you know what that really means right yeah see they can't they feel that we're babies we're babies and they can't tell us too much information at once afraid of what we'll do so you know when they say end of april beginning of may they mean end of may beginning of june is when we're probably going to be able to step outside or to whenever just enough people have 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 had the virus and then are immune So enough of them can step outside and and work and do things, make it easier on everybody else. And the virus, the virus, you know, sort of starts to die down a bit, doesn't go away, but it'll die down. Oh God. And I just, I'll tell you, maybe you're the, maybe you've been the same way. If you've done what I've done, if you're holed up, hopefully you are in your home, in your apartment, if you're out in the garage please come back into the house okay I know what you're up to back in the house don't give up here um, but I know I know I know I can tell from the emails that you've sent the voice messages you've left uh, that was a one of the you know you can leave a voice message to me on the podcast platform here uh, if you can't find it you know go to go to my podcast on anchor and you can find the place where you can leave me a message i love listening to these thank you for the people who've sent me voicemails um or it's it's up i think now and i've got a couple thousand voicemails i'm i'm not completely caught up but i've i'm I'm getting through them and i love them and um you know I, i guess maybe it's just we all we need the contact we are we are we are as human beings as a species we are hardwired neurologically to need other people to socialize and to be with other people and in a moment like this, and especially now, maybe you have, you're have you in your own self-quarantine, but you're with your spouse or your partner, um, with the kids. Yes, I've, I've heard. I've heard from my friends. I know everybody's climbing the walls. Um, but, you know, there's a silver lining there somewhere, right? That look at all the time you could spend with your kids. Um, you know, those of us, have you know, the ones of us who've raised our kids, I look back and I think, God, wouldn't that have been something like for three or four months? We don't have to work. We're at home. The kids don't have to go to school. They're at home. Whoa. What would have happened with that? I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's the way I think. I mean, because I think we were, you know, we were sort of the people that, uh, you know, I don't know. We would have written a, our daughter would have written a soap opera. That's what when she was when she was a tween, she loved doing that. She would write she'd write and write and uh and she she was an actor and uh she uh we we, we would act we could have yeah, was, yes, that's we we could have written our own musical right here in this apartment. And um and I maybe some of you are doing that now. Some of you are, are being creative, being artistic. Even if you don't think you're artistic, you're artistic. I think this is where we, we go wrong here. And uh we lose sight of the fact that, that we are creative people that we are inventors we have thoughts we have new thoughts we have crazy ideas all that stuff and it's starting to come out but but i have to say that that i've been sitting in here like you've been sitting in where you're at we we we've been watching we've been watching paint dry and this is paint that dried 20 years ago <laughs> just staring at the wall friends will call me up what are you doing? Um, I'm staring at the wall. You? Staring at the wall. How's it looking? Same. <laughs> and I go, same old, same old. <laughs> That's the, the extent of the conversations now after 21 days. And, and really, we have another 61, uh, 63, at least 63 more days of this, probably. Maybe less fingers crossed maybe more fingers crossed again it's it's really isn't it? is it having an effect on you I don't know i i I don't know if it's had an effect on me but i i um but I do miss people I miss uh uh the contact and the uh, interaction and basil's you know, Basil's uh, my producer. He's, you know, he's home now. We're doing all this, of course, remotely. And, you know, I haven't been able to go on TV for, well, three weeks. Was it three weeks ago today? Three weeks. Geez, it feels like forever. Three weeks ago today was the Michigan primary. It feels like two months. So, Friday, the House passes this sitting there friday night sitting in my living room staring at the wall uh thinking you know maybe it's i probably should do tomorrow's podcast do one for the weekend and all of a sudden i hear from outside the building outside the apartment building what sounds like a riot i mean i'm serious it was a little scary i'm like holy shit it has hit the fan what is going on? Oh, I mean, there's like, it's, there was like screaming and then I heard whistles and, you know, um, my first thought was, okay, if this, you know, I'm glad I'm not in Michigan again. Uh, uh the number of guns in, in that state, um, not good and not good for me personally, if you get my drift, I mean, in the small town where I live, the, um, uh, few years ago were. Uh, the the local gun store was handing out bumper stickers to advertise their gun store. And it was a a picture of me on the bumper sticker with a bullseye over my face. (laughs) Um, and then there, I guess they were selling, yeah, they were, they were selling targets for target practice, you know, paper targets. Uh, one had my face on it. I think one had Barack Obama's face on it. And, um, so you, you understand, i'm i'm i stayed in new york okay during this collapse um i'm, I'm certain nobody i shouldn't say that though I, mean, I just i just started to say no i'm sure nobody in this apartment building has a gun but of course of course they do new york city is not Gondeville here you know so anyways there's all this noise and i get up and i kind of you know cautiously approach the window of my apartment and I look out and I look. I'm trying to figure out where's the crowd. I don't, I'm looking down on the street. I don't see a crowd looking up and down the street. And then my head comes up a little bit. I'm still looking up and down. But what I see looking up and down both sides of the street are people hanging out their windows. People hanging on, on every floor, hanging out their windows. I can see maybe six blocks up and six blocks down the street. And they are cheering and applauding and, and blowing whistles and horns and banging on pans. And I, I, I was like, what's, what is going on? Uh, I, I immediately, I grabbed my iPhone I just turned on the voice memo, uh, thing. I didn't have time to get a microphone or, or do anything here just to, but I wanted to grab the sound and I, and I thought, no, I should be filming this. No, no, no. I'm just going to run the sound of this on the podcast because I was having literally an epiphany at that moment with what I was witnessing. Um, let me just run it, and you'll hear me talking because I can't help <laughs> narrating the scene when I, and I see one. Sorry, filmmaker habit. Um, but um, but uh, here's a minute or so of, of what I witnessed and heard on Friday night at exactly 7 p.m. Standing here in my apartment and outside, if you could hear any of that, people up and down the street, cheering, applauding, shouting out, thank you, I love you, blowing whistles, sounding those uh, sports horns that you take to a game. It's just amazing. I didn't know what was going on, and I remember I saw something on the news yesterday in Atlanta or someplace where people were—they um, were doing this like at seven or eight o'clock at night, hanging out their windows or their balconies or their front porches as a tribute to all the healthcare professionals, the people that are risking their lives right now—the doctors and the nurses and the and the, uh, the all the intake people. The EMTs and the respiratory therapists and everybody else—like all at once—the whole city just kind of rising up to say thanks. It was a, a pretty powerful thing just to witness right now. I'm gonna—I'm gonna go back inside. I mean, that was really something. I—I. I, I I came back inside and I was my 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 mind was kind of blown and um the they just the I don't know the resilience the the realization that people weren't giving up people were not just sitting inside being depressed or 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 feeling the end was near that we were in some sort of end times now there's also something about the human mind isn't it that where we actually we do want to live and, 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 and for the most part, despite all of its struggles and and all the wax that we take um, it's, it's better to be alive and we all want to live through this. We all want to make it. And, and just the way people were screaming. And while it was in support of our healthcare workers, which is beautiful. Um, there was also and maybe it's just New York, but I'm telling you, Detroit would be the same way there. There is a level of anger at this why we're in the situation how did it get here how did the richest uh, most advanced country on earth not have the basic things that we need to survive how did we end up with somebody in the white house that tried to ignore starting his first member his first press conferences us oh, just one chinese he goes one chinese just one chinese this will be gone in a few days and then it was like oh, i was 15 It's 15 Nothing to worry about. This so will all be over soon. Remember when I when I told you what I heard from the person who heard it in the White House? That uh, he was sort of happy that Tom Hanks had come down with it, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, um, because he, this is what he said privately. Never thought I'd find out that he would have <laughs> said this, but um, fortunately he said it around enough people, so the person who told this to me is not going to... Get exposed," he said. "Yeah, this is good. It's good that good that Hanks got this, because uh, you know, um, you know he'll get, he'll get over it in five days, and that'll show everybody that, that 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 this is nothing. The next thing I heard out of the White House from my one brave source, who's just seen enough, they're all going to write books after all this is over. Trust me. Um." My source says uh, to me that um, one of the theories that Trump has going on in his head is the survival of the fittest theory, which is it might be best to do nothing, like don't try to fight the virus, just let, let it find the weakest people, because that's what it looks for. It looks for the weakest, the people who are already sick, who are ill, who are old and let, it do, let nature do its work. And, and the others who get it, are, who are healthy, are gonna be immune. And once you have it, you're immune, and then the virus is gone, and that would be the quick way to get rid of it. He seriously was thinking along these lines. You know, somebody had mentioned it to him because it's biologically it's true. There is sort of a survival of the fittest when it comes to our species, and um, and the unfit succumb to disease, to viruses, to bacteria. Uh, To just the enemy being stronger than you and defeating you. And I think in those first weeks, some of his thinking was that way. And some of his thinking in the same sort of way that where a few days ago he had decided not to send any equipment to Michigan. Because the governor uh, didn't appreciate him enough. Like, Like a godfather. You don't kiss the ring. You don't get the cannoli. I'm sorry I'm mixing godfather metaphors there, but you get the gist of this. The sky is a thug. And the fact that when it was exposed that Florida, the Florida governor was getting 100% of the things that he was requesting, red red states were getting a response and the blue states were having to beg for it, making New York beg, making Cuomo and de Blasio beg for it. He loved it is he's a sick fuck, my friends you already know that i'm sorry for the language if the children are listening i'm sorry about that but uh you know that's just the way it is isn't it we know it i think he knows it too about himself i was just so impressed and inspired by what i saw out my window here in the city in the city where um you know upwards to a couple of billion people are going to be infected. Many of them are going to end up in the hospital, maybe, maybe 10% of them and anywhere from one to 5% of them are going to die. That's a boatload of people, my friends, but you know what? It just, it's just like that. T- I just looking at these New Yorkers out their windows. And they were just like, if they could have shouted it, they would have just screamed, fuck this virus, fuck this virus. And that's the right attitude. And that's what I wanted wanted to do in this podcast today. I I want to talk. I don't like happy talk and I don't like false hope. I think most hope is false. I think that's why we, we cling to hope because we know it's going the other way and we think hope is somehow going to save us and hope rarely saves us. I've talked about that before in these podcasts. I've, I've talked about it in my last movie. Remember the in the end of Fahrenheit 11.9? This is September of 2018. My last words were, Mueller is not going to save us. The Mueller report is not going to save us. Impeachment is not going to save us. The Democratic Party is not going to save us. I'm not going to save us. The only thing that's going to save us is the us. All of us. Off the bench. Into the arena. That, if that happens, and here's the great math equation, there's more of us than there are of them. There's more of the 99% than there is of the 1% there are more workers than there are bosses. There are more, more people who don't own this country than own it. There are more of us than there are of them. And even, even politically, there's the more, there's more of us who believe climate change is real, who believe we should have been fighting this virus a month or two earlier who believe that women's rights are the same as men's rights and that no man has a right to tell a woman what to do with her body. The majority of us believe all these things. The majority of us are against mass incarceration. The majority of us believe that you shouldn't be thrown in jail for smoking marijuana. Go down the whole list, the majority of our fellow Americans, as I've said many times before, and I'll say it until I know enough people, the majority of us believe it. That there are more of us than there are of them i mean this this was proven just what was this today yesterday when trump said the reason that he opposed the part of the democrats bill of this uh, that passed last week the democrats squeezed the thing in there that said they had to, they had to put in money for if we have to do the election from home this year that anybody can mail in their ballot like an absentee ballot and I forgot what the number was, but it, I think you need over a billion dollars or whatever to do this. And Trump and the Republicans would only allow 400 million for it. And he was asked, why, why, why did you allow, why, why didn't you just pay for the whole thing so we would be assured of everybody being able to vote? And Trump said yesterday, he said, what was it earlier today? He said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> if we did that, if we made it easy for everybody to vote, the Republicans would lose every election in this country. That is his exact quote from him. (laughs) It's like an admission, like he knows. The majority of Americans don't agree with the Republicans. The majority of the Americans don't want the Republicans. That's why in in the one place, even though it's heavily gerrymandered, the House of Representatives, the majority of Americans want the Democrats in there running it. And because he knows that, he was not going to allow in this bailout stimulus relief bill the chance to make it easy on people who are sick or confined during this pandemic to be able to vote in this presidential election. What an admission, right there. He's saying, "I know, I know the, more, the majority of you don't want me. I do know I lost the popular vote. Why on earth would I do anything to encourage?" a mass participation in this year's presidential election in a country that doesn't want me or the Republicans. I mean, this is where you got to admit this is where I love Trump in the way that he's like so honest, so many honest things he said over the years. When you're a star, you can treat women this way. He was telling the truth. Um, Or I could shoot somebody in the middle of fifth avenue and nothing would happen to me that's true too and if you let everybody vote the republicans lose yep that's true too you know it's almost the the way he has acted i wonder how historians will write about this at the beginning it was really it looked like back in january and february he was Struggling, not really struggling. It wasn't a struggle for him. He was really like, his gut feeling was, let let them all die. Let them eat cake. Fuck them. The strong will survive. I represent the strong. I don't think he gave a shit. And it's so odd, too, when you think about, because his one, like, huge demographic for voting for him, age demographic, are people over the age of 65 years old. The people that the virus singles out more than anybody else, which by the way, now we know that they've retracted what they said a month ago, that this doesn't affect young people. It affects young people. In fact, there was one day last week in New York City, there were more people hospitalized under the age of 49 than over the age of 49. So if you're in that age group, if you're from 14 years old uh, to 49, uh, you're in the same sad, mess that is in so please put that out of your heads it may mean that if you're young if you're a teenager 20 years old you're probably not going to die but you're going to get horribly sick and you're going to infect others so you got to join in with everybody else but this virus though people shouting out their windows fuck this virus yeah because it's a weak ass thing this virus you you know this right i mean you've heard enough about Covid nineteen, covid nineteen, covid. Yeah, it's so badass. You can kill it with twenty seconds of soap. <laughs> what else can you kill with twenty seconds of soap? Literally, you and you know they're, they're, they've seen the microscopic things. You know, like twenty thousand of these uh, virus cells. Uh, it, the, all, the room it needs is the head of a pin. 20, on the head of a pin, 20,000 of COVID-19s can fit 20,000 on top of the pin. And in 20 seconds, 20 seconds of hand washing, you've killed, you've murdered 20,000 COVID-19s. Isn't that amazing? You know, and if you put your food, if you're worried about it being on your food, put it in the microwave for 30 seconds, kills, kills it instantly. COVID-19 dead after 30 seconds in the microwave. I can put a paper towel in the microwave for 30 seconds. I can put the paper towel in there for 30 minutes. Nothing happens to it. But a living virus, the mass killer across the globe, it's in there for 30 seconds and it's dead. 20 seconds of hand washing, 30 seconds in the microwave. That's all it can take. Yeah, it's a wussy. It's a weak little friggin' virus. It doesn't even deserve to be on the planet, and you can kill it just like that. <laughs> I mean, that's why. That's why you see because it can. It, the same thing by the way, if you don't want a microwave, anything you're cooking on the stove, if you've got the heat above 110 degrees, which if you don't know how hot that is, it's it's that's not even hot on a stove. What's a, what's a, to boil water? Isn't it like don't, doesn't that the temperature has to come up to like 212 degrees or some right? I mean, I may be off by a degree or two, but you know, that, that's that, you only need 110 to kill COVID-19. 110. You could strike a match to it and it'd die, right? Just like that. I mean, think of how many things in your life that you've had to go through that you wish you could have gotten rid of with just 20 seconds of washing your hands. I mean, just think of the worst relationship you've ever been in. All you would have had to do is go to the sink, <laughs> turn on the, the semi-hot water, Put a little soap in there. 20 seconds later, boom, I'm out. It's over. What about that horrible job that you had? 20 seconds of hand washing, boom, gone. Think of of anything that has sucked in your life and all you would have had to do is put it in the microwave for 30 seconds and it would be gone. That's COVID-19. That's how big, bad-ass, strong COVID-19 is. It's none of that. Fuck you. Fuck you, COVID-19. How dare you even think of killing another person? You know, just because, you know, like all the other species, we're still evolving and our respiratory system somehow allows you in and once you attach yourself and you do it very slowly too, that's why you don't get like sick right away. Sometimes it could take five to seven days with this. It just sort of settles in because it's a lazy ass little weak-kneed thing, you know. Doesn't want to have to do any work. It's probably afraid it's going to die if it has to do any work. So it settles into your lungs. And after about five, seven days, it's like, wow, I'm still alive in the midst of all this mucus and ooh. And then it goes about its job to kill you if it can. It's helped it's helped by the fact if you've been a smoker um or if you have if you're have other illnesses if you've had chemo if you have asthma if if uh you're old if you're a man i think there's like two-thirds to one-third i think that was the statistic i saw or 60 40 men women getting this dying um that's that's what it's banking on it needs those things it needs a little help from our own immune system and if it's been compromised that's where it succeeds. If it sees hot water and soap coming at it, it's it's like literally that's its version of the Japanese tsunami. However those poor people must have felt when they saw that wave coming in from the ocean, that's what it looks like to COVID nineteen. Soap and water, twenty seconds, DOA. Thirty seconds in the microwave. The food, don't put yourself in there for Christ's sake. The food. And remember No metal in the science oven. Don't put the keep get the fork off the plate. Thirty seconds, DOA. No, I'm telling you, I, I, the main thing I wanted to do in today's podcast was to share with you how I think we, most of us, can beat this, can either not get it, um, or at least hopefully not die. I there's a way to outsmart it, and it's a lot of the things that we've been told. It's washing the hands and then not putting the hands on your face, period. That's it. The best thing you can do, not be around anybody, but that's hard. I mean, you you live with people. You have to go out and get groceries. You have to get something at the drugstore or whatever. So, um, but if you just keep washing your hands, I mean, it's that sort of thing. It's like, let's say the person at the grocery store um, has it. They don't know it. Uh, the symptoms haven't shown themselves uh, to exist yet and you take a change from them or whatever um is there really change anymore (laughs) you're there with the cashier and you touch the cashier's hand and they have COVID 19 it doesn't mean you're going to get it it may mean it may mean they transferred the virus to your hand it may be on your hand but right away the portable purell or any kind of hand sanitizer that you can put on it right away it's gone or you can't wash your hands till you get home Fine. Go in the house, wash your hands 20 minutes, as hot as you can with the water and the soap. Scrub really hard. Scrub under the fingernails. You scrub the fingernails by scraping across the other palm from the other hand. Take the fingers and scrape them hard, 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 hard. And that gets the soap and water under them. Do the same with the thumb. Then get a Clorox wipe or whatever you're using to wipe things down. And retrace your steps back to the car. Wipe the handle of the door that you came in, the handle of the fridge that you opened, whatever you touched, do your handles on the car, do the steering wheel, anything your fingers might've touched. Do all that, and guess what? COV, ID, 19, DOA, just like that. Even if the person has got it and they've handed you COVID-19 into your hands, as soon as you do the 20 seconds, of hot water and soap, boom, done, over. It's, it's that easy. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. Don't ever go out. The absolute 100% guarantee of never getting this is you don't go out, nobody comes in, and you do that during this time of quarantine. If you do that, if you remove all contact with other humans, you will not get this virus. Now that's very hard for most people, I realize. But if you set that as the goal and then the few times you have to have an exemption, you scrub those hands right away. And even after scrubbing them, you never touch your face. You don't, you don't wipe the tears from your eyes if you got to do that. I know a lot of people crying these days. Get some Kleenex and wipe your eyes. If you're going to sneeze or cough or whatever, use a Kleenex. If you got an itch, want to wipe something from your mouth get a napkin don't use your hands do not let your hands touch your face that's easier said than done already during this podcast i had an itch on my cheek and i itched i'm like don't do that don't don't just put your shoulder up to your face and rub it on the shirt but i'm telling you that we can live this doesn't have to get the better of us. And already they're seeing in New York because of the social distancing, because people have stayed home, there's still more and more people being hospitalized every day. It goes up every day. But, but you know, six, seven, eight days ago, the number was doubling. The number of people being hospitalized was doubling every two days. And then it went to every four days. And now today it's every six days, the number is doubling. So it's still doubling but the rate has slowed and the rate has slowed is because people have been paying attention. They've been washing their hands. They've been staying home. They've not touched their face and they've kept their immune system strong by getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, eating food as healthy as you can get it in times like this. You know, it is what it is. You know, you don't want to go outside for a walk necessarily. They say you can, I'm not telling you don't do it. Um, But if you have to do it, do it and stay away from people. But you got to get some kind of exercise, even if it's in the house. You got to move around. You got to lift things. If you do just these simple things, you're going to live. I know you want to go see the grandparents. You can't do that. You got to FaceTime. If they don't know how to FaceTime, you got to just talk to them on the phone. Don't risk their lives at this time. But you're seeing more and more of these statistics, at least in New York, and you got to look at New York, as I said, as the guinea pig. This is how this is how this is how it's coming to your state, and if you do what New York is doing, um, you're going to have a better chance of of of, um, of surviving. Every day now, there's six to eight hundred people being released from the ICU. Everybody who goes to the ICU doesn't die now. You know they're having a lot of people uh, being released, so you know there's 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 a lot of pieces of good news. They're going to have a test that's very easy uh, to use and to do. I think it'll some of it will be self-administered. You may be able to get the test and just do it at home, like a pregnancy test. Um, you know that this is that's that's right around the bend here. They should have a test in the next couple of weeks where um, you'll be able to within 15 minutes know if you've already had it. You may have already had it and don't know it. It may have passed through you like it has does through many people. You might have gotten a sore throat back in January. You just thought it was a sore throat. You know, you know. back, those of us who were out on the road with Bernie, I mean, geez, we're, every day we were around thousands of people. I don't know how many selfies I must have done over four weeks. I was four weeks on the road. And I remember when I got back, they were like, I know I felt a little warm for two or three nights. I'd wake up, you know, my T-shirt was soaked with sweat. And I'm like, Wow, oh, how did that happen? Don't fill in the blank there. Day 21, quarantine. But seriously, I thought, well, did I have this? You know, Basil, we were, Basil's out on the road there with Bernie and um, came down with what we thought was a cold didn't really know, a lot of us may have already had it. Oh man, but i love to find out that I've already had it. If you've already had it and they've determined that, yes, this particular virus, like most other viruses, inoculates you at least for six months, if not a couple years from getting it again, I'm thinking like the first thing I have to do is I have to sign up to volunteer somewhere. I got to go because I can't give it to anybody and I, nobody can give it to me. So, you know, if that's the case, I think a lot of us should be doing that. If it turns out, we're, we're okay. Um, I can go for a walk. <laughs> I can get fresh air. There's a way to stop this. Very simple way to be a mass murderer of COVID-19. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Um, stay inside. If you feel like you need to, but you probably don't, if you're getting delivery... Take out, you can nuke your food if you want. You don't have to do that. And then keep your immune system strong by doing all the things you know that you need to do. Vitamin C and zinc. Get eight hours sleep. Drink lots of water. Move around. Lift some books. That's, that's the really, it's all, a lot of it's grandma advice and, uh, and a lot of it is what they already know about this virus. There's no reason any of us should have to die, even though I realize some of us will because of things our bodies the way our bodies already are you know i'm I'm a guy, you know i'm I'm not twenty five years old <laughs> uh you know, I had pneumonia uh, a few years ago. that must have done a number of my lungs that probably compromised me in some way, you know, so. But nonetheless, if you want, I'm not saying take a stupidly positive attitude here, but science has already told us how we can survive this. And um, while we need our government doing the things it should have been doing and must be doing now, if we're going to stay strong and, and be healthy and be able to fight, fight for the people who are more vulnerable, who are less fortunate, who the government seems willing to just let them die, or to ignore states like Michigan. Um, th- 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 we're not gonna be able to help any of those people if we're sick ourselves. You can you can keep from being sick and you can stay alive by doing these, these very basic things. And think of just the good news that does exist. Take some joy in that. Do you, have you seen how many tens of thousands of people have volunteered already just in New York? They put a call out for retired nurses, doctors, respiratory therapists, Nurses, aides. If you can help, call this number and volunteer. If you're from another state where it isn't isn't happening yet, if you could come here, we'll come there to you when it happens to you. They, what's the number? It's like over sixty, seventy thousand people from around New York and from other states have volunteered to sign up to be a healthcare professional during this moment of crisis. Wow. They set up a mental health line hotline for anybody who just wants to talk to somebody. you know you feel you feel this is a depressing depressing moment. you need to talk to somebody. I think they've got nearly it was over I think yesterday it was 15,000 15,000 shrinks or mental health professionals have called to volunteer that they'll talk to people over the phone if need be. this is this is who we are. This is what people do in, in times like this. And yes, you know, we're all going to lose people. You're going to hear of somebody that you used to work with that's passed away because of this. Some of us may lose people that are close to us, people that we love, friends that we've had most of our lives. I mean, any of this could happen. We know that. And I I don't want to take you back into the 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 utter sheer terror that this is. Because I really want to, I'm really trying to tell you in this podcast today how much strength you have and how much ability you have to first keep yourself alive and then and then get, get involved and help others and stay a citizen, get involved politically because this bastard you know I said this after he was elected. I, I think I'd, I tweeted out a one- line thing that said Trump is going to get us all killed. I mean I meant that somewhat rhetorically. But I also meant it. Yes, it's also true. He's going to make decisions. He's going to gut the EPA. He's going to do things that are actually going to end up resulting in the deaths of human beings. I never thought it would be this direct, though. I thought it'd be more like A to B to C, not just a direct. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this or that. People are now just dying simply because of masks, the lack of masks, things like that. I kept the window open on Friday night after all that cheering up and down the street. Oh man, I became realistically hopeful i I began to feel that well, I knew I wasn't alone, but now i I was reminded in a very loud way that I wasn't alone, none of us are alone, that most people are good, most people will fight. Most people are filled with enormous gratitude to those who are putting themselves in danger so that others can live right now. And I kept the window open. And I kept looking out at it for quite some time. It was dusk. I think the sun went down probably 10, 20 minutes later. And the moon appeared in the in that beautiful dusk what we call the magic hour the sky it's that kind of rich dark blue it's dark now the sun is down but the sun is still over the horizon still popping up some light so that the atmosphere we still see the blue sky even though it's a night sky now it's still in those final moments and it's blue then it's medium blue then it's dark blue and then the blue disappears but before it became black, um, I looked up and there was the moon. And it's the first time you see the moon after a new moon, you get that sliver, whatever that sliver is of a moon. I, might, I think it has a name. I don't know what it is. It's beautiful. It's kind of the cre- you know the crescent, the crescent moon, the crescent that's in the, you know, that's one of the symbols of the Muslim faith. And against the, <clears throat> that dark blue, backdrop it was it was so full of life and, and, and you have to understand too when you're looking up at the sky in new york you generally never see the sky <laughs> day or night and at night you don't really see the blackness of it uh because there's so much light from the city or there's you know the b- basic pollution there's all, all of that and we're on an ocean so there's a haze so, you know a lot of times so but not friday night it was like pitch clear I'm gonna I'm gonna post this photo on the platform here so that you can you could see what I'm talking about. Um I didn't I didn't uh filter it. It all I did was I made it I made it just zoomed it a little bit bigger just so you could um you know how the lens is on your on the camera that's on your phone. Just I wanted I wanted it to look exactly how it looked like with my eyeball as I was looking at it. I want you to look at it too, because that, that silver moon, that silver sliver of a moon, that silver lining that does exist, and there's many silver linings right now, I, I really believe that we're going to come out of this on the other end, a changed people. Things We're going to come out of this, it's going to get better. We're going to come out of this with new ideas. People right now who've got these three months or so, People are at our home inventing something right now. Do you realize that? We don't even know what the inventions are. People are coming up with great ideas. People are coming up with a different way. A different way to live. To be as a people. As a country. As a world. As a society. As a culture. People are, people are writing poems right now. People are home writing songs. People are, uh, people have decided they want to live. (laughs) Didn't take a lot to come to that conclusion or that decision, but, but I really believe that, that when this is over and it will be over, and if there's one thing I want you to take from this podcast today, it's that one, it's that sentence, this will be over. This shall end. There's no doubt about that. This has an end. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Some of that depends on us. Some of that depends on the leadership that must be removed. Removed with such enormous force. Come this fall none of us forgetting what we were put through this will end this will end it has an end date we don't know the date yet but there is there is the other side of this And think about what we can take with us to the other side of this pandemic. When we come out alive, stronger, more committed. And filled with love and kindness and a commitment to a different and a better life for ourselves and for others. All you have to do is wash your hands. All you have to do is be careful. That's all. You do that, you live. I need you to live. (laughs) I need to live. We can do this together. As worried and upset as I've been, as much as I've encouraged you to join with me to to fight that battle that needs to be fought politically so that we do live. I know it's hard and I know at times it feels pretty dark. But that, that old stupid cliche of you know the darkness before the dawn, it's actually true. It actually is the darkest just before the dawn begins. And when the dawn post-pandemic takes place, watch out. We're going to take a lot of the joy and a lot of the fun that we discovered by being holed up inside. We are going to take that and we are going to run with it. And we are going to get together in a way we never thought of getting together before. Profound changes are going to take place in the way that we interact and the way that we structure things. I promise you this stay alive stay alive wash those hands I love you I really love you and I'm excited to think and to see what's going to happen next I'll talk to you tomorrow you won't have to wait more than 24 hours before you hear from me again Thanks so much.
0: Cause I want to be with you And I knew it from the start I'm surrounded and captured By the armies of your heart